Welcome to a Verb Moto broadcast. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, with me again on the Verb Moto broadcast is none other than Adam Bailey from World Supercross. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again. I think, uh, you know, I'd like to start uh, catching up with a whole lot more positive news, you know, in this, in the near future, <laughs> because I think I, I appreciate you, uh, you making plenty of time to talk and, uh, and we're getting airtime for, for someone that's, uh, in such our infancy. So we appreciate it. We like bringing you guys on the journey with us. Absolutely. And you need to shed some light on these types of things because there's talking points within the industry. People want to know what's going on with World Supercross. And, and yeah, like, uh, like maybe uh, next time we talk, it's under uh, maybe a little bit more positive circumstance. But right off the hop, we have uh, the improvement in the fact that this conversation is not a cell phone walk and talk. You're not taking me on a, uh, a, a journey all around Australia um, for this call. It looks like you're in at least a home office. Yeah. Um, well, not even that. I'm in my, uh, my daughter's kind of playroom. So it's, uh, but, but I like to use it as a bit of a home office. I generally, um, go to the office rather than work from home as much as I can to try and create a separation. But where it's, uh, where it's helpful, I'm, I'm happy to be doing it from home and, and, uh, you know, get the day started this way chatting to you. Absolutely. And then, Hey, yeah, uh, if you want to distract yourself, maybe grab a Barbie or two, maybe some toy cars. Uh, similar, maybe you could like build, like, I don't know if your, your daughter has one of those like, uh, little motocross tracks from back in the day. Those like, uh, was it the road champs? Those things were so cool back when we were growing up. He doesn't, but, but we do have, uh, some little wiggles toys getting around. So there's, you never know what you're going to find here. (laughs) You never do know. So Adam, world supercross has had some news to share in the last little bit. Things went a little bit radio silent for uh, maybe five or six weeks there. Uh, and then we come out with some news. Uh, there, there was some rumor mill stuff that goes around, which I always, I love the rumor mill stuff. Most of it is misinformation uh, and it gets passed around in the comment sections, this, that, and the other thing. You guys were able to set the record straight on some things. Unfortunately, we had some casualties in three rounds, Singapore, Germany, and the one that kills my heart, Canada is uh got chopped uh, got uh put on the chopping block but um take take me from sort of the the situation that arose with uh obviously the the funding situation uh ha- having to make some difficult decisions and then uh some exciting news to move forward yeah i mean um uh, with any kind of startup business there's normally always kind of like multiple funding rounds or capital investments and that's kind of you know, was always to be expected and is something that, that, um, is commonplace in a startup sort of business world, especially if you're trying to grow a, you know, world championship like this, you're always going to need, you know, a decent level of capital to get started. Um, but unfortunately what happened with us was that we, I mean, we started with an amazing, um, investment partner in Mabadala Capital, which is, you know, out of Abu Dhabi, they're a $243 billion fund and, um, the sovereign wealth fund there. And so, you know, we, we all kicked off under the, the kind of, um, belief that, you know, obviously there's a many years of security there and everything, um, everything is great for, for, for the setting up the series, but, um, the world changed quite a lot. I think everyone realizes that the world changed. We hit a sort of a global recession and, um, Wall Street took, you know, a huge hit as, um, and as did kind of the capital markets in general, which meant that things really tightened up and the, and, and we were the smallest investment in history for, for Mabadala, literally the smallest in history that they, and the only one that they committed to during kind of COVID times. So, um, as the world kind of tightened up and we got towards the, the need for this, um, you know, next round of capital, you know, I was, we we're still under the impression for quite some time that it wasn't going to be a problem. 
Um, but it was a problem and it became a problem where they just said, we can't, you know, I think, you know, all things out of, out of our control, but so many things are happening in other investments that are, you know, much, much bigger and much more, um, you know, um, valuable. And, uh, and so they kind of informed us that they, they couldn't put the next round of funding in. <laughs> but I mean, which means you got to go find someone else to do that. And we were looking for a strategic partner anyway, and someone that was probably more aligned to helping the business grow um, than they were. They were so big that, you know, they didn't really know how to deal with a business that's in a startup phase really and and right. to provide value. Whereas there's others that, you know, we thought we could find someone that could help from a media standpoint, connections in, in sort of sport and entertainment around the world. They had those things, but they were at a much bigger level so they're they were the ones that invested in the company that invested in ufc they're not boots on the ground or or really you know um to be able to benefit from those kind of um those kind of contacts so so we started looking around and 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 um but what really happened and, and i think just due to the just due to the landscape the global landscape is that the process just took so much longer than anyone expected they mean them included you know we we um were at out to market to try and find this this next strategic partner, and that wasn't a secret. We were sort of telling sort of people um, openly about that, and this this is from kind of I want to say March to to um, I'll say February to April really was the kind of thick of it, and expecting to sort of finalise something you know around May, um, and then business continues forward as planned, and everything everything is hunky dory kind of thing, but. Um, it it just didn't happen. It just dragged on and on and on. And um we got to, you know, late stages of negotiations um that took, you know, four plus weeks um when you know into past the start of the series or past the start of this year's season. And it kind of got to a point of being in a really awkward position where you, I found it it was impossible to commit to um, you know, key aspects of these upcoming events being, um, being the, the Germany, uh, sorry, the Singapore German and Canadian event, because to commit to those would be committing a lot of cost and a lot of capital, which we didn't have pen on paper that we had yet. So, you know, it's very risky to commit to sending, you know, infrastructure and things all around the world and booking marketing, advertising dollars and all these things without knowing that the capital is going to be there to cover those costs. So we really kind of had everything arranged for those events to launch and launch ticket sales. You know, Singapore had gone on sale, but very limited marketing at the time. Germany was ready to launch. Um, Canada was really ready to launch as well. Um, but I basically had to tell everyone to sort of hold fire until that, until the deal was done you know, um, before we could commit knowing that we obviously had the, the, um, the cash required to, to roll out those events as planned. And, um, and it just kept going and going and going and pushing to the point and it pushed to the point where, um, you know, the new ownership was only finalized at the start of last week, which is fantastic. And it's fantastic, fantastic group, which we'll, we'll get to. But at that point in time, I'm kind of like, how, how do we mobilize the business now to turn around three events in five weeks? It's just not, it's not something that you, we could do without a huge amount of risk. Um, not just financial risk, but, you know, brand reputational risk of trying to throw something together that quick is, you know, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't happen that way. And as well as things were well organized, marketing hadn't been done, freight hadn't been sent, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that needed to 
that need to happen to turn an event around that quickly, which normally take months or you normally have months of lead in and three to four months of tickets being on sale and marketing campaigns and all those things. So we just decided, unfortunately, that whilst we're, they were all ready to go, that it just wasn't enough time. If there was, if we were six weeks earlier, it would have been no problem whatsoever. We would just would have rolled out as planned and everything would have continued and um, those events would be happening. But it just got to the point of us all um, as myself, Juan and Kirill is the kind of the new owners um, said if the risk is greater to go ahead with these than it is the reputational risk to not. Um, and that's really, that's the decision that we had to make. And, and, um, and that's why we ended up where we did. Fair enough. So like, it sounds like when the gate dropped for the very first round in, uh, in the UK that, uh, this situation was already sort of underfoot. Like you're, you almost probably couldn't have even enjoyed that event in any way, knowing that like the situation at hand, uh, conversations that needed to be made and like, yeah, you're, uh, you might have to call up like engine ice or Prestone or something like that because, uh, you've got, you've got ice in your veins, man. Cause that is, that is no small, um, situation to have be on your plate whilst also trying to kick off uh, the inaugural season of a world championship. Yeah, completely. And that that's the reality of it. I mean, my time at that time was completely, I mean, that week of Birmingham, we had done, myself and my COO, Steve, had done investor meetings, I want to say three a day for that entire week, um, you know, of, of calls at all hours of the night, 5 a.m. or midnight, or think because obviously that, you know, people are based all around the world. Of, with investors and talking to you know so that whole week for me was was that you know and I was there right. in Birmingham but I wasn't there in Birmingham because of those reasons and 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 you know that event you know it suffered because of the distraction you know um and so knowing that to go and try and go to another three you know um knowing that whilst the investment you know, piece is finalized, but to be so far behind because of the the timing and the inability to commit, we just didn't want to put, you know, the, the, we didn't want to risk the brand further by by not making sure that everything could be 100% awesome. You know, I think that's just the, the you know, the promise that we'd set out when we started this thing. So if we, everything that we do, we want it to be fantastic. And, um, and there's a risk that it wouldn't have been, you know, we have a great team. We had all the things there to, and, and it could have been, but what if it wasn't, you know, and we can, may never be able to recover. And so the decision was kind of like, let's take that um, October period to reset, focus on um, delivering Abu Dhabi and Melbourne at the highest possible quality. And, and we will, um, they're both, you know, very solid events. Melbourne ticket sales are very strong, you know, and something that we, we know that we can build off and then, focus forward on next year and and um and start to you know get in front of the eight balls. I feel like we've been behind it from the start. You know, I think when the business launched, um, you know, it 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 tried to um, you know, it tried to make promises that were very hard to keep, you know, to try and grow too quickly and try and have way too many events and what what was realistic to turn around in the first year, you know, to try and we only had the rights from sort of December 31st or January 1st. And then within that year, you know, to try and turn around, we had two events, but to try and turn around five was something that was raised at one point was just ridiculous. Like it's just not possible, you know? So we've just been chasing it for that time. It's like, let's just, you know, now we have great momentum with those events, you know, done a lot of groundwork there. If we want to go back there, um, let's just reset, do this thing properly 
and um and cop it cop it on the chin for what it is and um for now and just start to move forward certainly uh anytime you start a new business you know this firsthand you're going to take some lumps you're currently taking lumps um but you've got uh two new young uh, men in the in the wings who are ready to make a difference invest and, and see this thing uh become very successful tell me about uh Kirill and then Juan and what they bring to the table uh their interest in it and uh how that conversation started to get going yeah, I mean, um, so they were introduced. One of our board members, um, or previous board members was a guy named Tom Potter, who actually had introduced, um, the Bartler previously. So he had, um, he introduced Juan and Kirill. Um, they've kind of created their own, like, uh, investment group, I guess, where they've invested in, uh, and now they own outright the Sunderland, um, AFC fo- their football club in the UK, which is one of the, one of the bigger clubs there. They've turned that business around really successfully sure. off the back of that. They've also created, a um a concert promoting business um in in Sunderland as well. Um uh Juan is a he's a senator in Uruguay as well as being a the I think co chairman of the Monaco football club. Um Kirill's family's you know multi generational multi generational sort of business family and they um they own the Marseille football club in in France, which is I believe is the biggest one. Um so they come from a a, a big history of sport and, and sport investing, um, and, uh, and a huge amount of experience and, and, um, and contacts, which is, which is super helpful, but more so, I mean, they're very motivated. They're hungry. We've been, I've been on two calls with them already this morning, you know, from 6 30 a.m. my time, you know, to midnight their time, you know, um, um, you know, they're, they're, they're on calls, they're meeting people, they're, you know, um, heavily invested not just financially but personally into into making making this a big success which which is a huge change because Mabadala um you know never it you know never got onto calls to actually try and help generate business they're kind of you know more silent more silent than we expected I thought they were going to be really helpful in sort of introductions and driving the business forward but that wasn't their jam they you know as a startup that wasn't something they're experienced in. And I think that we were just too small and too early stage. It wasn't suited for them. And whereas now with these guys, it's very different. We've got young entrepreneurial successful guys that are incredibly intelligent, that are super motivated, humble, you know, seem really, really good to get along with. And, um, and so it's just a different, um, different era, you know, we're sort of, sort of hitting the reset button, rebuilding the team rebuilding our entire focus on what a schedule looks like for for WSX and and their strategy moving forward. And um, it's actually, it's really, really exciting. So what it sounds like to me is your original investor saw World Supercross as like a fledgling investment that they might end up making some money off if they're able to support it right off the hop and sort of like put in that money and hope that hopefully it grows. And if it doesn't pull your, like, honestly, like they probably, when things went sideways, they're like, well, what, where can we trim the fat? That's what their accountants are paid to do. And it sounds like they did exactly that. And that's unfortunate. Um, what it sounds mm-hmm. like now is what you have with Kirill and Juan are two people who are invested in sport and and action sports in general uh and they want to see they want to see this business grow and the fact that they've jumped on two calls with you just this morning which is sounds like two more calls than uh the predecessor uh ever did uh that's a really good sign um like that that's got to give you some hope for the future as well as just the, the ability to just have some solace in the fact that uh okay maybe we're not able to execute things the way we wanted to here in 2023 things look brighter for 2024 and beyond 
Yeah, and I think it's just a it's just a like take the um take turn the pressure valve down a bit, you know. I think the yeah. business made in which I think we've spoken about made some pretty bold statements at the start, which were always just a bit, you know, like a little bit too aggressive, like a bit too brash, you know, like it just wasn't it's not the brand that we are and want to be, which is, you know, we want we are fans of the sport and we want to see it you know, um, grow internationally and that's what we're here to do. And we, we're here to do that in unison with everyone else that's that's already doing what they're doing. We're huge fans of racing in the US and everywhere else around the world. So I think like, you know, the, the, just the approach, we got off on the wrong foot and um, and it's a really good opportunity just to sort of hit the reset, um, you know, and, and, you know, I think that uh, that's why I think just having this break and making sure that we focus on that is 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 wise. Otherwise, we just would have been absolutely run to the ragged edge to try and deliver on these on these events um rather than looking forward and getting in front of it and you know taking the time to reset properly awesome well uh, hopefully you guys are able to do exactly that what does this uh restructuring of this season look uh mean for the teams the riders that are obviously they're not going to be used to racing so i imagine they're not getting paid they still there's contractual obligations to all the teams, et cetera, that will just oh. continue as they were. Um so so they do get paid. Um they'll still continue to get paid. And I think, you know, look at they've been uh, there's no secret. I mean they've will have received over seven hundred thousand dollars from from um seven hundred and seventy five K from from um SX Global to to have done five races, you know, over kind of a seven month period. So I feel like there's been a quite a significant amount of support there. And that's not a, not including, you know, prize money that that's been paid as well. So there's been a lot of support there, you know, and the purpose for that support was to, to help establish teams and to be able to weather kind of the ups and downs in the early, early stages. So, you know, um, it's not, it's certainly not ideal. And we recognize that it's, you know, people have made promises and certain teams particularly have invested in athletes and that, that, you know, that this makes it hard because if they've invested on a series, you know, expecting X amount of events and, you know, it, it's definitely challenging for sure. And we're not, um, it's not lost on us that, that it's not ideal. I mean, we feel the same way, but similarly, we feel like if we had sent them to events that were less than the standard that what they're investing in, it would be worse. And that was the kind of the, I agree. the decision to like, you know, we're going to send them to, to Vancouver, to do an event that's only been on sale for a matter of weeks, you know, what if it has an empty stadium or, you know, not the sort of level of attendance that it should have, then these guys have spent even more money and gone there, you know, and, and not delivered for their sponsors even, even worse in a way. Um, so that was the, the tough decision to make. And I think, you know, part of being in, um, in my role is you've got to be, got to be able to take, make those tough decisions and cop it on the chin and, and, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, people understand it's for the greater good for for them as well as for us in the series, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, just from my own experience, I think you made the right decision with the granola eating hipsters that live in Vancouver. They probably, given only a few weeks, I don't think they would have been uh, uh, coming out in droves the way you might have hoped they would uh, without a proper, proper rollout. Um, and that, that honestly, as fans, we, like that first thing we think of when, when funding gets cut is that the riders are going to get screwed. The teams are going to get screwed. It's good to hear that they, they will be, uh, compensated, uh, accordingly. And then, uh, I guess the last thing I had for you, and 
this, you might get long with with this. You might, uh, um, kind of just leave it short. But, uh, why, why do you think that, uh, the comment section and the fans in general like to crap on you guys the way they do? Like it doesn't matter what you guys post on social media. Uh, I, I always try and find some positive out there and some, sometimes social media cannot be, uh, the place for that. Um, why do you feel that, uh, like certain fan bases or in general, uh, like the series in general seems to have been met with a, a lot of, uh, like just harsh criticism. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'd say that like, to be honest, I would find it worse if no one was commenting. I would find it worse if no one said anything because I'd feel like shit, they really don't think that we're we're worth talking about, which is worse. It's worse of an issue than them saying negative things. You know, I think that there's a combination of things of people, you know, don't like a threat to the, to the norm um, or to, to how it's been. And there's, you know, there's some rusted on fans of which, you know, I'm one as a you like, you know, like they don't want to see what they love and have grown up loving change. Um, and, you know, I think to clarify on that point, that's never our intention. We don't want it to because, again, we're huge fans ourselves. What we're looking to do is build on that, take the sport around to other places, you know, build on it in, in, in regions where it already is, not take anything away. But I think, like, um, so I think people are just going to hate on things that are different and change anyway. And, and like I said, I think that, you know, I respect that. And I think it's like, you know, it would be worse if they weren't saying anything. Um, but then also we didn't do a great job with when we came out with our original communication. And I think when you over promise and under deliver, you know, that's the opposite of what you want to do. And I feel like some of those original communications were that and it was kind of like came out like, you know, and I think there was this assumption also of there was a mis, a misconception, a misconception of, of, um, of us being a live golf type Saudi funded, um, business, which we weren't and Abu Dhabi. Um, you know, in the UAE is a completely different country and a completely different way of operating than Saudi, um, for a start. So we didn't have that sort of money. I think that, I think there was a parallel between us and Live Golf because Live were doing what they were doing at that time. And here we've come out as a disruptor and a, you know, and we're just going to buy all the riders and going to completely change the face of the sport that everyone loves so much, which was just never, we didn't have that sort of money. I wish we did. That would be a lot more fun, but, um, but we didn't have that sort of money and that was never our approach at all. Um, so it was just, it's just a couple of different kind of, um, couple of different reasons there where I think there's just a misunderstanding, but most of it self-inflicted, you know, most of it because we came out, I think, um, talking about the amount of money that, that Mabadala had as a fund, which is, which is true, but you know, that doesn't, didn't mean anything to us. What they've invested in us was tiny in the overall scheme of things. So I think that the messaging was just incorrect and that gave people, and the, as you know, the rumor mills and, and things and, um, you know, people just, it go, it spreads like wildfire. So I think there was this understanding that we just had tons of money. We're just going to throw it at everyone. We want to destroy the, the current ecosystem the way it is and disrupt everything completely. And it's just not, which just isn't what it was. Um, but that's on us really. And that's on us now to change and make sure that we make it clear now, you know, now there's three owners, you know, there's the other two guys and myself. We're the ones that own the entire business now. Um, I'm by far the brokest out of all three of us. There's no question. And, yeah, I don't um, <laughs> think their offices are in their child's playroom by any means. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But you know what? I mean, I, and I said to those guys, like, I couldn't do this without being, you know, a key part of it because it, it takes, it's too hard work and it's too, it, you know, it's, it's too, too taxing. It's taxing on, Honestly, like, yeah, and it's, make it's this happen, personally. you have to have someone who's like, live in this stuff. It, it, it only yeah. makes sense that way. 
yeah and i grew up you know i I do this because i grew up racing dirt bikes i you know it's it's been the thing that's i met all my best friends through motocross my entire life has been shaped around this sport i can't i'm not doing this for a job because i i could find a shitty job somewhere else it's more this means so much to me that it's like you know i'll invest i'll i'll invest every dollar i have to try and be part of that and and i believe in what it can be and i believe in those guys as well to bring value to it it's just very different like there's three of us now we're on a whatsapp group we're talking about ideas we're trying to make it happen whereas before we had this you know multi multi-billion dollar private equity business that i mean they didn't have a passion for it they they believed in it they thought this is a great sport it could do something otherwise it wouldn't have done it in the first place but you know it's not a burning desire that it takes like as you well know to make a career in this industry you've got to, it's got to just eat you up every day and um if you know and, and that's really um you know that's that's my role you know and that's so it's it's actually really exciting to have you know a smaller group um a really hungry group those guys have got incredible experience and have, have achieved so much um that I'm excited to be able to learn from them and 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 for them to help us you know get where we want to go so it's just a very completely different outlook and um and uh it's one that I'm I'm super excited about for sure love it last thing i have for you uh the last two rounds uh, abu dhabi as well as australia is anything going to look different uh, uh, from those rounds and and how are you going to put a, like a absolute exclamation point on this season um i think it's just the time to deliver on them and make them what they should be, you know, is, 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 is what I want. I mean, um, Birmingham wasn't the standard of event that I would, would be proud of normally. I mean, there's a couple of reasons though, being in an outdoor venue, um, during daytime because it didn't get dark until 1030. Those two think factors alone really have a huge impact, you know? Yeah. Um, but there's one percenters and things to the actual live event that weren't at the standard that I would like them to be. And so the opportunity now is to make sure that, you know, every, every, um, detail is taken care of and, um, and that we make sure these events are kick ass and anyone that comes, you know, leaves having had an incredible time. And, and that's just, that's what the business needs to have been built on from the start, right? It's just the fans, the fan experience, you know, racing, you know, it has to, and the racing is good, but you know, Racing has just got to be, you know, top notch. The, the product's got to be top notch, and everything just has to be as, 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 um, you know, as great as it can possibly be for us to use that as the platform to keep going moving forward. So I think you'll just see that we're just so hyper, hyper focused on delivering on those and making them, making them fantastic. So there's, there's quite a few things we're working on in the background now to to make sure that happens. Always in the background and execution in the, in the foreground as well. Uh, looking forward to it, man. Uh, thank you for coming on, giving us the lowdown and sort of uh, walking us through uh, the step-by-step and, and where we're going from this point forward. Uh, best of luck to you with that, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing how the last two rounds uh, unfold. Uh, there's going to be some great racing and, and everything uh, like that. So uh, thank you so much for making the time. And uh, I'm sure ne- the next time we chat, we'll be on much happier circumstance. Yeah, thanks, mate. And I think, you know, one thing I'd say is, you know, for sure, social media, you know, gives gives negativity a voice at times. But at the same time, we've had a huge amount of support, like overwhelming support, lots of messages, lots of emails, lots of, you know, just fans saying that they're behind us and they want us to, to make it work. And I think people that really understand that we're in this for the right reasons and that, you know, we're in this to grow the industry, we're in this because we believe in the sport and we believe that it it continued, it can continue to grow and, um, 
you know, we're in it for the right reason. So I think that the hopefully the, the fans see that and, and get on board with that and eventually um we can repay them with that um you know with the series that, that we think the sport deserves. Heck yeah, man. Well, I'll let you get to the rest of your day. Uh, enjoy Friday. As you know, you're always in the future. Uh, it's still Thursday where I'm at. I'm going to watch some Thursday night football, edit this so that it's out uh, to next week. And uh, yeah, for the verb faithful to enjoy. Thanks, man. I appreciate it as always. Thanks for making the time.